the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me. All right, we're going to get to hot topics, but as you know, I don't do talking point radio. The reason that this country was the youngest and the richest is because we had the weakest, smallest, inept government. It was the American ingenuity that made this country rich beyond every other country's dreams. It was World War II, the agreement, Bretton Woods Agreement, that allowed the dollar to become the world currency. Now, everybody could argue, yes, we should have. There's no question about it. But it was based on a simple ideology that we were not only the, the country that helped win World War II, but we were the one built on those principles where a corrupt government could not overtake the currency, that the agreement was rock solid. We were backed in gold. We were also backed in capitalism, unlike any other country. We were the one who was steeped in principles of law. Not the new law where it's used as a spear and a weapon against capitalism. But law of property rights. It's propertyism. They just call it capitalism. We're based in propertyism. It's taken low these many years to bastardize that principle. Now, I remember when I first was asked to fill in, very flattered, it was from the Irish gypsy con man, Joe Walsh, right here on these airwaves. And on one of the very first shows... I talked about the dollar. I remember distinctly pointing out that was long before the idea that somebody in this country would nominate a dementia-ridden, feeble, fascist, scum, political whore like Joe Biden. I remember thinking and going over all of the conflicts back then. Oh, yes, it's true. Even Trump wasn't president then. It was Barack Obama. And I remember at that moment when he bowed at the waist like a stripper, at Crazy Horse to the Saudi regime. I knew why. I knew the corruption therein. He was only honoring the Republican corruption by the Bush family who liked to let their little kids play together and all the rest with those inbred bastards. It was always about the stability of the dollar and the corruption therein. See, because what we have here is bipartisan failure. The problem is, when these political whores fail, we pay. We pay. When they pass their bills of corruption... We pay. Now, some of us are in on it, and they pretend to be in on the scam, and that's, that's a separate argument. The reality is, if the U.S. dollar suddenly is not the world currency, we are in Venezuela, boys and girls, and I don't want to be in Venezuela, even though I see this feeble political whore for what he is. The, the video call today between, really, the real Bobby Fischer of world policy, Xi Jinping, 
the man without an expression. Xi Jinping is lining up to dethrone the U.S. dollar. That is the most important story. There is a reason they have bought senators and congresspeople and the crack-smoking first son. This is a plan that they've been laying out for generations. We, unfortunately, are at the culmination of corruption. And we stand at the precipice of going through a Venezuela-like implosion. So when the, they, they point to the stock market, oh, the stock market went up for the first week and the last day. That actually, ironically, is a sign of a falling dollar. That's, we'll do that in the next hour. But the more important thing is to understand what really happened today. Number one, Xi Jinping, Vladimir Putin, the Saudi scum, and the Iranians have outflanked us through, through a plan that is coming to fruition. China has been in talks with Saudi Arabia for years about the idea of pricing oil contracts in the Chinese currency. But analysts say there are a variety of political and economic incentives for that kind of deal to happen now. For now, I want you to understand, this is, everyone's got you focused on the dollar, I mean on, on oil. And that's fine. It's by far the most important commodity. Even if you combine all the others, oil is still greater. Our dollar is 80% of all trade. 80 percent if that is undermined all that phony dollar value that these idiots have managed to ruin and bastardize will come imploding down to the tunes of tens of trillions you see the way it works is every single country for 80 percent of everything they need to import and export for that matter must be done in dollars at the threat of our military action we've had to increase that threat since we corrupted a gold-backed dollar with a fiat currency that corrupt political whores could print up with a whim, with a fast meeting, omnibus bills, and all the rest of it. And you could argue, is there a reason anybody, anybody should change their currency to the U.S. dollar when in the matter of months, in weeks, in days, 535 politicians can just print trillions more? My answer has always been no. Because... We're supposed to be a representative republic then ruled by corrupt scum. Owned, ironically enough, by Russia, by China, by Saudi Arabia. Every one of these politicians bought and paid for. That's our problem because we allowed open and notorious bribery called contributions and political action committees and all the rest. And we allowed foreign entities to infiltrate our government and corrupt these political whores. And now they're all 80 years old and they give a rip. They're checking out. You think Joe Biden really gives a rip about Hunter? He's his least favorite kid. He's always was the crack smoking moron that he is today. China, it presents an opportunity to diversify and further stabilize its uh, energy supply at a time when the energy supply it's getting from Russia is coming under increasing pressure from international sanctions towards Russia's oil industry. There are also efforts from the Chinese government to internationalize the Chinese currency. This would be a good way for it to continue to do that. And it could present... It would be a good way to dethrone the dollar and then make the yuan the most valuable currency on the planet. Just the way the dollar is today. And you have these political whores to thank for this. Because if you just step back for a moment, realize that simultaneously with our politicians selling out, so has Wall Street, each and every one, from BlackRock to Blackstone to J.P. Morgan to all the rest of it, all interwoven 
with the Chinese yuan. You don't think they're already hedged? They're very well positioned. And as you see the classes separating in this society, what are your politicians concerned with today? What are they concerned with? As by far, the valley between rich and poor is growing to where nobody can identify a so-called middle class. What is your Congress? 535 representatives. Hopefully they're working on some strategy to shore up the strength of our currency, aren't they? Madam Speaker, I yield myself such time as I may consume. The gentleman is recognized. Madam Speaker, the creating a respectful and open world for the Natural Hair Act, or the Crown Act, is a critically important civil rights bill that would explicitly prohibit discrimination. The Natural Hair Act. Jerry Nadler, 85 years old, 5'2", 380 pounds of corruption and stupidity, sweating all over my capital. You're working on a hair bill? I'm sorry, Jerry, you moron. By the way, if this COVID thing was half as dangerous as they say, would we be dealing with these old bastards? Madam Speaker, I yield myself such time as I may consume. The gentleman is recognized. Madam Speaker, the creating and a respectful and open world for the Natural Hair Act, or the Crown Act, is a critically important civil rights bill that would explicitly prohibit discrimination on the basis of hair texture or hairstyles commonly associated with, with a particular race or national origin. And that's what they're working on. Look at you. You can wear hair any way you want it. Now it's attached. It's the most important thing. We're doing a bill on the hair of Americans. On the hair. Are you serious? Because here's what's going on in the foreign world, you stupid, fat, corrupt moron. A further boost to the offshore trading of the Chinese yuan, which has been facing a major strain in the past couple of weeks because of a huge sell-off in Chinese assets and Chinese stocks, partly linked to vocal U.S. concerns over Beijing's close relations to Russia. For Saudi Arabia... However, if they link that thing to guess what Rutin Tutin Putin's got over everybody... Oh, guess. And by the way, the other oligarch run country, the Ukraine, they've got it all locked up. 25% of wheat. Almost 100% of natural gas and oil to Europe. And now if they get the Saudis on their, on their side, boy, oh boy, what a great time to focus on a war. Wouldn't you love it if the whole damn thing was a scam just to weaken Americans? Oh, I would. I would. Because it would show the corruption. And it would also explain. It really, really would explain. The conflict of interest when it comes to China is last year, the first son's attorney said that he divested from a Chinese investment fund controlled by Chinese state-owned entities. Uh, We have received not even basic transparency about who bought out his stake when this happened and how much money changed hands. Did he actually divest? And if so, can you agree to basic transparency? He's a private citizen. He doesn't work for the government. I'd point you to his representatives. Thank you. That's how you legally bribe a president. Joe Biden is compromised, bought and paid for. The good news is he has plausible deniability because he's fracking crazy. He can't remember what day it is or if his wife is his nurse or why his socks are wet. That's how you bring down the strongest nation. And the people cheer for it. Because after all, you can wear your hair any way you want to. Isn't it great? 312-642-5600. AM560. It is a storm. You're going to be inundated with political pundits, the state-run media, with different channels, telling you this was a good week. Oh, it's a good week. Look at the stock market. 
This is something I've always pointed to. Remember this. Stock is the currency of those individual companies. Sometimes when stock rallies, it's actually a mere reflection of the weakening dollar you carry in your wallet. Home prices. Another sign of inflation. Now the interest rate to buy those home prices, to tap into the equity of those home prices goes up. You're told this is a good thing. All of it is wrong. All of that is wrong. The dollar needs to be strong for us to enjoy a society we inherited as the world currency. You're just so ignorant, so browbeat, you don't understand the ramifications of what happens if it isn't. It's simple. Look at these other countries. Look at why this is something to constantly guard. The integrity of our dollar, of our currency, of our, of our economy is to be protected. Instead, you sent the most corrupt politician in existence. In, in, in the history of this country, and that's a bold statement, especially when you compare him to Chicago Mafia Democrats, those little short Irishmen who are also short in the trousers. When you see those guys, this Irish fraud, dimwit, is worse. Yes, he is, and he's losing it by the minute. Bipartisan members of the House and Senate who are working so hard to get this done. Senator Patrick Leahy, Pat, Patty Murphy. Murray, Patty Murray. She's a big deal. She looks like the Dutch boy on the can of paint. Patty Murray, you stupid idiot. Come on, man. Dave in Downers Grove. Yeah, Sean. You know, I've been seeing this for a while. China's setting up everything with Iran and Afghanistan. And now um, with this wine, uh, Saudi Arabia being able to take wine. You know, Powell was asked a question a few weeks ago or about a month ago if there could be and he said yes. If and there could I, be two currencies, your phone up. broke up. He was asked if there could be yeah. two currency, and he said it's possible. He said possible, yes. Here's another so, thing to remember, Dave. When Joe Biden begged that 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 Saudi prince, who, by the way, this is the, the evil son of a dog, who not only killed the reporter, he imprisoned his cousin, Prince Blinky, who owns Citibank, took billions of dollars. He shook down the whole family. This is a true gangster. When he went, when Joe Biden went to the gangster, he told him, "Don't bother me." That that that's another thing the state media covered up. The American people committed suicide when they in, when they put this moron in office. They committed suicide, and now what we have to do is somehow manage the fall. You're only 14 months into this idiot's to this idiot's tenure. 14 months. We got three years to go. You think an election in seven months is going to change things? A lot can happen in seven months. A lot already happened in 14, Dave. Thank you for paying attention and buy the wand. What a joke. Megan, Orland Park. Hey, Sean. Um, got a bit of a, I'm losing my voice a little bit. But anyhow, um, just the fact that they're coming up with these really absurd bills, like the anti-lichine bill and the natural hair bill, and they're not focusing on the matters at hand. This has got me really disturbed. That's how they got elected. The they got elected. They got elected by stoking, stoking divisions that didn't exist, but they made them exist. They got elected by stoking yeah. principles of Americanism that were securing our nation, not weakening it, as you see, the massive rise in crime. And by the way, I've got article after article, thank you, Megan, for the call, of these, these Democrat-backed and Democrats sitting in office as prosecutors working diligently to let out criminals just like peanut head fox right now that's the biggest thing they're working on 
Instead, they should be throwing these rat bastards that are raping, robbing, and pillaging our big cities into prison. They're working to let more criminals out. Yeah, that should end well. Idiots. That's why I give you Democrat-free radio. Democrat-free. We will not be inspired. Dave in Chicago, here we go. How'd you let a Democrat get through? Go ahead, Dave. What did you say? Yes. Can you hear me? I could hear you, Dave. Yes, my name is Mr. David Lincoln, and uh, I'm trying to figure out what was what was the conversation about you disrespecting the president, this president, and this president before. Is it David, you know what you are, David? When you brush your teeth tomorrow, you remember I said this. You're a useful idiot, and you're the problem with society, stupid you. Because you, you disrespect, he disrespected you, your entire culture, your entire na- nature. And I mean that because you're an American. He disrespects this country with his corruption, with his waste, fraud, and abuse, his open and notorious bribery schemes. You idiot. Disrespect. I got your respect for this scumbag right here. That's where your respect is, moron. Mike on the south side. Hey, Sean. Yeah, buddy. How are you? Splendid. Hey, wanted to talk. Hey, first of all, you know, you got to stop holding back on these uh, these callers. Seriously. I can't stand right? a fracking Democrat, Mike, because they're the like ones that allowed this to happen to my country. This stupid idiot. Uh, idiot that he is wallowing in Chicago. He's probably a criminal. That's why he likes it. Go ahead. Uh, all right. Hey, listen, I wanted to talk about Mulary and Curly in the White House here. All right, what is your thoughts on this? You know, there's been some talk about the midterm elections, us good guys taking over the House and Senate. Now, we know that Kamala's in there as an insurance policy, so we can't impeach Biden. But once we take the House and the Senate, we impeach Mo and Larry, and then all of a sudden we make Mr. Trump a legitimate president. No, we make no him- it's never going to happen, Mike. But here's the thing. I disagree with the overall premise. You have to impeach Joe Biden. I don't care who's in vice presidency. This man is destroying our country by the minute, this moron. So we can't, you know, this whole idea, you can't. You want the most unlikable woman on the planet next to Hillary Clinton. You want her in that office. You want her in that office. She's weak and feeble, but she has her, her wits about her. We have a dementia patient destroying the country, destroying our dollar. And he's stoked up by idiots who just vote Democrat because they think they help them, even though their neighborhoods are the worst to be in. Even though their dollar slips back, they blame some boogeyman rather than themselves who don't know what Joe Biden and his crime family really are. Um, on Russia, uh, you told me last year that you were unfamiliar with the Senate report that alleged that the first son or a company linked to the first son received $3.5 million from the richest woman in Russia. Uh, so- now, you see, to that idiot in Chicago, what was that moron's name, Dave? To that moron. Block his phone. Dave, you're never going to get on my show, you moron. It's a Democrat free radio hours. Well, I'm on here. He doesn't know about this because he's stupid and he doesn't care. He just wants more government cheese. So that's why he says, have respect for him. After all, he's giving me my cheese. He doesn't care about the corruption. He doesn't have the gravitas to understand how important the U.S. dollar is or what the principle of propertyism is. Because what he exists on is something for nothing. He's a Chicago Democrat. Whether he wants in on the scam and the phony job with the pension, sit on his fat ass and wait for break, maybe that's his game. I don't know. But to not recognize what Democrats have done everywhere they rule, pick a municipality, pick a county.
pick a state. They wallow in their failure. And they vote for it because they're easily distracted on hair. It would do so in areas of the law where discrimination on the basis of race or national origin is already prohibited, such as employment, education, and housing. Now, you know what I like about this? This is a country where minorities of all kinds, women, religious, whatever it is, have had the best opportunity, best quality of life, yet they're still going to stoke this flame because this is all they got, because they need the morons in Chicago. They need them to give them respect because he doesn't care how much Jerry Nadler has stolen from society, how much he's owned by foreign adversaries and domestic corporatists. He doesn't care. He doesn't have the ability to understand it because he's interested in more rent, free health care, free education, even though all this education, yet how many teachers can't say ask? How many? It's ridiculous. It's, it, it could be free. Even if it's garbage, they want it. And that's how you know a society is collapsing. Now, when we talk about the dollar, does it mean anything to a Democrat? He doesn't know because he was lucky enough to be born in a country that was the world currency. And through his ignorance, through his corruption, they're hell-bent on giving it away. That's the only way you could put in this 50-year political whore who is owned by China, whose crack-smoking rat son is owned by Moscow, by Ukraine, by all the oligarchs. And that's how we get in this position. And now you pay for it. And as the classes separate, you might have thought you were in the middle class. By the time Joe Biden gets done, you'll be like Dave in Chicago, hoping for more free cheese. And that's their game. Because with just a little government sustenance, look at the loyalty they bought from American morons calling themselves Democrats. 312-642-5600. AM 560. Oh, I love that song. Excellent song. Just like the guy's feet are too big for God, I remember being a little kid driving in the car my mother was Very good, very good. You know, it's funny, throughout history, when societies are born into blessings, when they are born into strong countries, they're determined to weaken them. This is going to be the greatest fall of any empire in the history of the world. There's no question about it, and we did it to ourselves. The good news is many people have survived these kind of communist nations, these Soviet systems, these Marxist mafias. Many countries have society. And the way you do it is the good people that are trapped there have to create parallel existences. So you're ultimately going to be governed by the corruption. Ultimately. It's like living in Illinois. right? You're going to have to deal with it, but you can still meander to eke out an economy, although it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. That's how the rest of the nation is going to be until this Democrat mafia is thrown out of office. And until these polit political whores who've destroyed our country and the way in which they do it is rejected. Until then, what I do here is very simple. This is a parallel existence in a corrupt Marxist mafia run country, city and town like the sewer of Chicago. Now, those people who wallow in it, go amongst yourselves. We don't want you. Stay amongst yourselves. We'll stay amongst ourselves. It's simple. It's not based on anything other than ideology. Because if you're a Democrat and you can't see the corruption that not only destroyed Chicago, destroyed Cook County, a laughingstock among the nation, and Illinois as well, and New York and New Jersey, and you pick a Democrat-run mafia state. If that's your idea of living, go live. And your murder rates and your carjacking and your smash and grabs, and your, that's what you wanted. 
the fentanyl and the drugs and how the mafia controls the prosecution and how the Democrat judges are all infiltrated and get picked up on sex crimes and all. That's your world. Stay away from ours. So stop calling the show. You're never going to get on. We can block your phone number for existence. I give my people three hours of Democrat Marxist free radio. Go amongst your own way. You're not welcome here. It's simple. All people of all races, of all genders, of all cultures, of all sexual proclivities, you're welcome here if you're not a Democrat. But if you vote for the mafia that has destroyed the quality of life in this country, you're not welcome here. So go away. These are simple, simple rules. Abide by them because you will not be tolerated. Kim Fox doesn't work here. I do. Dr. Joe in Greece. Yes, um, first of all, I'm kind of optimistic that this empire is not going to fall because there is a lot of people that they are coming every day from the outside to become legal American citizens. Of course, it has gotten worse recently. Uh, that, uh, and they are hardworking, and, uh, and they're not going to let that happen. But uh, together with everybody else that has any mind, or any uh, brain at all, here, but it is obvious to me, you know, look at the $1 billion was given again from China to the election of our president, right? And uh, I wonder, they bought the media, they bought the people that they count the, uh, together with Soros, with, uh, that they count the illegal ballots and everything else. We got to, and they want to destroy this country, but History we're not going to let them... Uh, that that the policies that are implemented by this saboteur, by this traitor, history will show that China got its money's worth, that Ukraine got its money's worth, that yeah. Russia got its yeah. money's worth. And in the end, until Joe Biden is removed from office and impeached for being compromised and a saboteur, That's we're going to have to suffer through it. But, Dr. Joe, I'm going to tell you this. I agree 1,000% with you. Who will save us are the oppressed citizens from Ukraine, from Russia, from Cuba, from Venezuela, the ones who reject the mafia, that the American Democrat, like these idiots in Chicago, welcome and continue to vote for. I agree with you, Dr. Joe. You know I love when you call. Thank you very much. That's who will save us. Only somebody who rejects the kind of corruption the Chicago Democrat wallows in. That's will save us. To rely on these idiots with their public education and their moron thoughts and the fact that they could exist in this country for the last 14 months and not know who Joe Biden is and demand he, you respect this piece of dung? The ones who think that Chicago aldermen and politicians, all except one of our own very favorite, Ray Lopez, that they're honest men and they're not gangsters? The ones who think it's normal for the city of Chicago to implement such gangster tax tactics like tax fraud open and notorious hidden in law firms or steer businesses to buy from gangster liquor distributors they're lost forever and they're worried about hair and they're worried about insurance for their health care without realizing that since the government helped them their premiums are up 400 percent they are the willful idiots and they will always be following the pied pipers of communism like ted Lieu. In California, I found this to be astonishing, especially after what happened in New York. For what purpose does a gentleman from New Jersey seek recognition, from California seek recognition? 
To address the House, for, I request to address the House for one minute. Without objection, the gentleman is recognized for one minute. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Democrats are building a better America for the people. Last year, we passed the American Rescue Plan that has helped to create 7.4 million jobs in 13 months, the most in U.S. history. Under the Biden administration, wages are up, jobs are up, and unemployment is down. Now, Ted Lieu is an idiot. Ted Lieu doesn't understand the economy was shut off and the numbers he's regurgitating are jobs that are being recaptured after businesses open. And what he's afraid for the Democrat morons that vote for him to know is that you haven't gained one job since before COVID. Not only that, you're only at about 68% of jobs that are back in action. These are all lies, but he'll get away with it because he thinks the biggest problem in this country What is are Republicans doing? I don't know, but I do know that two of them attended a white nationalist conference last month. And let me now tell you all the actions that House Republican leadership took against these two Republican members who attended and spoke at a white nationalist conference last month. It's not a white nationalist conference. That's not what he wants to talk about. But, you know, it's funny because Mr. Liu is Asian. He is. And he must be unaware of what's happening in Democrat utopia, New York. He must be unaware of the Democrat that just did this. To put things in perspective for you, the police commissioner here telling me this is one of the worst acts of brutality he has seen in his entire career. Tonight, this victim is lucky to be alive tonight. Blow after blow, it was over 100 strikes. And this woman, police say she is the victim of a hate crime and they arrested her neighbor. A warning. The surveillance video is disturbing to watch. It shows an alleged hate crime unfold. The terrifying ordeal for the 67-year-old Asian-American woman begins as a suspect follows her into the vestibule of her apartment building. He comes up behind her. She's knocked to the ground, but he continues to strike her over 100 times. Now this 280-pound Democrat scum lives on government sustenance. Oh, he does. He's not white. And he beat a 67-year-old woman half to death because she was Asian. But Ted Lieu is worried about Congress people that go to a group to speak about nationalism, not white nationalism, nationalism, which is why Mr. Lou's ancestors came here from the utopia communist sewer of corruption known as China. Brilliant, aren't they? Democrats, brilliant. 312-642-5600. AM 560, the answer. There are things that are very important to society. Number one is the integrity of the economy. One, number one. I find it laughable that so many Democrats admire communism, Marxism, oligarch-run systems. They admire it. They participate in it. And how many of their voters are just too stupid to realize it and still support the corruption in their own communities because they think somehow it's going to lead to good things. It doesn't lead to good things. It leads to very, very bad things. And in the meantime, you've got 535 between the Senate and Congress, so-called representatives who are supposed to work diligently hard to make sure the system cannot be corrupted. Instead, they wallow in the corruption. 
They're owned by foreign enemies, and they're owned by domestic enemies. And that's called the Democrat Party. It's that simple. And they have one trick to keep their, their, their stronghold, their base happy. Welfare. And when they're questioned on corruption, racism. It's all they can go to. So they waste this kind of a day when our, their own dimwit Democrat. You know, I, I, I think it was, uh, um, was it George that, that said our president? This is not my president. I revoke my consent to be governed by this political whore. This is the everything wrong with every politician in the world. The most corrupt politician to ever hold the White House. Bar none. It's not even close. Never had a job in his life. Worth hundreds of millions. His son, crack-smoking rat that he is, is embraced. It's all embraced. And today they do a bill about hair. Although Republicans blocked passage of this bill a few weeks ago, their arguments have just as little merit now as they did then. That is why we're... Do they, do they have that just as little? The gentleman from uh, Ohio is recognized. Uh, thank you, Madam Speaker. The majority leader just said that the bill is not about hair. The bill is about discrimination. I would say he's wrong on both counts. Because the disparate treatment cannot be based on race, color, or natural origin. That's already the law. That's constitutional. So he's wrong on that statement. And the bill is definitely about hair. Here's the title of the bill, Creating a Respectful and Open World for Natural Hair. So <laughs> he's so wrong stupid. on both counts. So the bill's about hair. What the bill's not about, what the bill's not about, is dealing with the crazy energy situation we find ourselves in today. The bill's not about opening up Anwar. The bill's not about increasing domestic production of energy so we don't have $5 gas. The bill is not about dealing with the inflation problem, the 40-year high inflation problem that this country faces, the problem that's impacting moms and dads and families across this country every single day. The bill's not about that. It's definitely about hair. It is not about that. Not about dealing with the border situation. 165,000 illegal encounters on the border last month alone. It's not about that. Not about that. The majority leader was wrong when he said it was this bill was, was not about hair. That's all it's about. It's about placating to idiots, placating to morons, who rather than look at their own situations, look at the devastation the Chicago Democrat caused, let alone the National Democrat, just want something for nothing again. And they're willing to step and fetch to be a Democrat-based voter for eternity as they wallow in the ghettos that the Democrat mafia has constructed. Craig in Whiting, Indiana. Sean. Yes. Hey, I want to thank you for being not being not politically correct and saying what you believe, what most half America believes right now. Well, okay. I and today I'm from not Chicago. Politi- I'm not politically correct. You hurt my feelings a little bit, but go ahead. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but today from Chicago, you know where you could take your respect and shove it, okay? All right. We lost the. Sean, we lost this country two years ago, okay, when that stem of COVID was put on us by our tyrannical government. Craig, and people accepted. I went long. Don't be mad at me, Craig, You're, but I'm going I'm to help your point. You're exactly right. And this is why you don't trust Republicans either, because it was Republicans that pushed for that. It was a Republican president that went along with it. That's what broke America 
when the autopsy of the collapse of the American empire, it will be that year, 2020. What's happening now is the cherry on the failure Sunday. It's up to us to make sure we pull out of it, and it always can be done, but only in a parallel system where we, you discount the Democrats. They're not Americans. They're subversives as far as I'm concerned. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little... Communist nations, Soviet empires, Marxist-run countries, all have something in common. It's better to work for the government than try to be a business person outside of the government. I think that the Democrat sewer states have the exact same problem. I wanted to... uh, Bring on somebody from the Illinois Policy Institute to discuss. So I got the best person there. Bryce Hill, Senior Research Analyst with the Illinois Policy Institute. Bryce, have uh, I been proven right yet again, Bryce? You know, unfortunately, uh, you know, that is the case. As most times when we talk, we uh, uh, aren't necessarily talking about the best news for Illinois. And and your theories keep adding up uh, more and more. Uh, so the Democrats from 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 all states keep telling me this is the greatest president with the most vibrant economy and we're booming, baby, booming. Is that true in Illinois? So that's not true. So, yeah, one, um, you know, this this economic boom that we as being advertised to us is, you know, anybody with a discerning eye can look at it and see, you know, when we lose millions of jobs. Over the course of you know COVID lockdowns and things like that in one year, and then the next year we start getting some of those back. Um, people are really just going back about their normal lives. We're not seeing sort of a, this tremendous growth that's been sold to us. But um, that downturn in Illinois was was even worse, and uh, the subsequent recovery or what we're trying to have of a recovery is just uh, unfortunately lagging. You know, we're still missing over two hundred thousand jobs in the state. Um, only 76% of the jobs that were lost due to COVID-19 and mitigation protocols and lockdowns have actually come back. So uh, Illinois left battling one of the highest unemployment rates in the nation. Uh, so, uh, so everything isn't quite as rosy as we've been told. Bryce, how could that be when Markham alone, the little sleepy town of Markham, had over 1,400 PPPP, PPPP loans? How could that be? After all, it sounds like in these little sewers... That small business was thriving during the shutdown. Everybody was getting a PPP loan. How could that be that they're not coming back? Yeah, so uh, the you know the Federal Reserve of St. Louis actually put out a recent article talking about this, and you know they identified three main factors as to uh, why states are experiencing different recoveries. One being industry mix uh, in Illinois. We're a more diversified economy. We're less reliant, actually, on leisure and hospitality for for all of the jobs uh, than the national average is. Uh, So doing well there. Uh, But the other two main factors that they identified, the use of uh, extended and enhanced uh, federal unemployment benefits and uh, COVID-19 lockdown protocols, uh, Illinois fared very poorly on 
And the Federal Reserve even is saying that, you know, these are two of the main reasons why states who are still struggling are still struggling and states who have recovered the quickest. Uh, some states are actually beyond uh, where employment was two years ago before the pandemic. Uh, the states that are doing well fare better on those metrics. But, um, Bryce, I saw a beanbag with a pumpkin on it pretending to be governor say that we had a surplus for the first time ever because he's been such a great governor. How could that be? Uh, that would probably be due to uh, the, the billions, the $14 billion worth of uh, federal aid that was given to state and local governments in Illinois. Uh, you know, as you and I both know, the state hasn't actually had a truly balanced budget in over 20 years since 2001. Uh, and in absent that, that federal aid, uh, you know, this budget would have been no different. But you mean to tell me that it is legal for the state of Illinois, the governor, who I refer to as Beanbag, to take $14 billion of federal money that was supposed to go for COVID relief, for small business loans, for the rest of it, to run business, and mix it in the general fund and then count it as a surplus? Yeah, so there was a uh, funding initially granted towards uh, states to deal with, you know, budget uh, uh, declines, budgetary struggles due to, to revenues declining at the onset of COVID-19. What actually happened, though, was state revenues didn't decline as much as uh, anticipated. Some states actually saw revenue increases. Uh, so that extra money did get lumped in with the, with the general fund. Um, one thing we have unfortunately not done with that is to try to uh, rebuild the state's unemployment insurance fund, which uh, is still missing billions of dollars because it was depleted during the onset of COVID-19. You had a massive spike in unemployment, over a million Illinoisans becoming unemployed uh, at, at the beginning. Um, and so without that, you know, we're, we're facing down not only an unbalanced budget, but a potential automatic tax hike uh, for, for businesses uh, because they're uh, unemployment insurance taxes, if the system's not refilled, automatically go up so that the system can start to build itself uh, and the funding can return. Uh, so, uh, you know, mishandling all, all of this money has led to some, some serious consequences for the state of Illinois. This just happened to a friend of mine who has a medium-sized to large trucking company. And uh, we were just having this conversation, and at the end of the conversation, he said to me, find me a place in South Florida. I'm done. I'm out of here. This is a guy who employs quite a lot of people. And this kind of uh, uh, massive increase in unemployment insurance was enough to take him out of business when you couple that with the massive tax gas or um, gas tax burden that Illinois pays. $0.82 cents a gallon when you factor in federal tax. I mean, is there even a talk among the mafia calling themselves politicians? to help the people of Illinois and the businesses by withholding and maybe lifting that double tax burden on gas? Yeah, so uh, that's definitely not going any away anytime soon. Um, you know, the gas tax was actually just doubled recently since Pritzker came into office. So uh, that's contrary to the agenda uh, of the governor in Springfield. What he is advertising, however, is uh, a $1 billion temporary tax relief is, is how he's calling it. So uh, when they pass the gas tax increase, they uh, index it so that it automatically increases every year um, and they don't have to, to make a vote on it. So, you know, nobody has to be held responsible for, for that increase. Uh, and so he's pro proposed pausing that uh, temporary, temporarily for the next year so that, you know, the penny 
that uh, he would be charging you extra doesn't happen, but the 19 cents a gallon extra uh, from when the gas tax was doubled would still be there. So we're not con- even close to being able to consider that right now from politicians in Springfield. Now, I know you wrote an article uh, pertaining to the jobs and all of the things that are missing, but is there any murmur to the fact that not only are people fleeing, but the idea that the government can implement minimum wage increases has cost small businesses. We don't even know how to quantify the amount of small businesses that now cannot afford to hire people, and we are falling into a uh, a European-style nation where people are either going to work the shifts themselves or simply close down. Is there any kind of talk about maybe getting the idea of property rights and small business back in the hands of the proprietors, or are we just going to have to allow these these politicians to uh, regulate exactly how we run our pretend businesses? Yeah, uh, so that all of that is uh, very hard to come by, very scarce. Uh, Illinois is still, you know, it's, it's really hard to quantify the impact of, as of what's happened over the past two years on small businesses. The best estimates put uh, uh, Illinois is losing 10% of small businesses still uh, compared to pre-pandemic levels. Um, but so far, you know, there's not a whole lot of action uh, being taken in Springfield or a lot of uh, action being taken uh, from politicians to, to establish those rights and for, to bring business back to the state of Illinois. Um, but one promising sign, I would say, is Illinoisans are sort of taking it upon themselves. The state has seen a massive increase in self-employment over the past two years, purely out of necessity, uh, because, you know, they were, Illinoisans were told that they couldn't go to work. Uh, and they still had to make ends meet, so they uh, took it upon themselves to try to um, do that and, and started their own businesses. So uh, the state's uh, new jobs growth from self-employment uh, is up like 20-something thousand over the past two years annually. Uh, so um, while politicians may not be getting the job done, Illinoisans are pretty resilient in terms of trying to find a way to make ends meet and, and uh, serve their families. So uh, there is a glimmer of hope on that end, at least. So, Bryce, this must be reflecting, um, I'm assuming, I, I, I have to tell you, I, I stopped practicing real estate in Florida um, simply because I wouldn't do that to people who relied on me for advice and, and, and have them buy Illinois real estate. Um, the Illinois real estate market, from just my passive attention to it, seems to be stagnation if I'm kind, if I inflationally adjust money to 20 years ago. Uh, collapsing even in a market that is hot throughout the country. Has there been any movement in uh, real estate values to the plus side for uh, those people who own real estate in Illinois? Yeah, in in the most recent couple of years, there has been. That has long not been the trend. Uh, So Illinois has kind of taken advantage of uh, this national uh, trend in in real estate catching fire across the nation and prices just soaring through the roof thanks to, you know, uh, record low interest rates and increased demand as uh, stimulus and things like that flowed into household uh, pockets. So uh, Illinois has been able to take advantage of that. Certainly when you look at uh, compared to before the um, the Great Recession, real estate prices adjusted for inflation haven't necessarily uh, been recouped. Um, but at least in the past couple of years that it has happened. Um, another major issue facing the real estate market in Illinois is uh, – new homes just simply aren't being built here. Illinois was ranked 48th in the nation for new home construction. Um, so 
that's also another uh, another piece of the puzzle that's putting price, upward price pressure onto the housing market here. Uh, there's extremely low inventory, no ho- no homes being built, uh, so prices of homes are starting to increase a little bit more. Uh, but that could really be seen more as a a negative side for you know a potential homeowner. Um, fortunate if you do own a home here uh, right now because of that problem, but bad if you're looking to get into the market. Um, and that's likely to be the case for the foreseeable future because uh, over 100,000 Illinoisans left the state last year. Population has been on decline for eight consecutive years. So fewer and fewer people in Illinois and Chicago specifically isn't going to do any favors for the real estate markets for uh, prices. Now I'm going to ask you something. I'm going to put you on the spot here. I had a caller into my show who was a wonderful guy. His name was Corey. He informed me that the city of Chicago has an ordinance where property owners, land, landlords, if they're going to sell their income property, their, their, their investment property, it's been mandated that through Illinois policy that they must give the tenants the first right of refusal. What I love about your organization is that you constantly not only report on these issues, but you also in some cases help people put up a fight against it. Has you Have you heard of this? And is this something that the Illinois Policy Institute would be willing to take a look at? Because I cannot figure out how in the world this is possibly legal in a country based on property rights. Uh, that is really interesting. I have not personally heard of heard of this, but uh, I would be happy to take a look into it and see you know, what is going on exactly, how it's being allowed to happen, and, and potential solutions for uh, this problem, which would be a very uh, major issue for, for a homeowner, somebody who has an investment property. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, I don't, I don't know about uh, right. this specific issue. Um, well, so you have a homework assignment. There, but now, you know when I interview you, I like to make wagers with you because I, yeah. I believe you to be a gambling degenerate, and I like to help you with that. I want to bet you that Pritzker will win the next gubernatorial election because the willful slave Democrat base will continue to vote for anybody who tells them the lies that they love and guarantees more government cheese. You want a piece of that action, kid? Uh, you, you can get back to me on what odds you're willing to give me, and we can, uh, <laughs> we can sort of talk about that. Hey, that's what happens when you bet a numbers guy. I want to thank you so much, Bryce, for joining me. Bryce Hill. Illinois Policy Institute. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. So I'm going to, uh, I have a, a dear, dear friend of mine who I love. And he started out life as a Democrat. And he went to work in politics for a very well known Illinois Democrat, Danny Davis. And it was through witnessing the kind of gangster government that his entire mindset was changed. That, and I'd like to think I had some influence in it. And I love this guy. And he now lives down here with me, with his family in Florida. And we were having a conversation. And, you know, the answer is so simple. It really is. Stop electing Democrats. Their platform is failure. It is through that failure that they gain more power and money. Their answer is always going to be the same, more control and more money, not for you, but for them. They are the architects of the ghettos. They are easy to see. Just look at the ones that have been ruled by Democrats the longest, New York, New Jersey, Chicago. So when you see Lori Lightfoot in her Benson costume, 
meet with a notable failure in New York. The clip I played was New York, where the 285-pound Democrat base beat the hell out of a 67-year-old Asian woman. The crime in both of these cities are almost impressive from a sick point of view. So when they come together to pretend to solve something, (laughs) let me tell you something. That's an indication it's going to get worse by stocking Band-Aids. Now to the crime crisis happening in Chicago. Overall, crime in the city up 34% so far this year. Motor vehicle thefts, an issue that we've been covering for months now, they're up 44%. Now, this is year over year. What this kind of dulls you, the senses, the year before it was up another 40%. So it's 80% in two years. It is it is a it is a joke. It is unbelievable. And the switch can be flipped. Get rid of the Democrat mafia that protects the perpetrator and re-victimizes the victim. Breeze, another crime we've been watching, up 10%. This afternoon, Mayor Lori Lightfoot met with New York City's mayor looking for some solutions. CBS 2's Jermont Terry is at City Hall right now. Jermont, the Now, why would, you, why would you ask a failure for advice? Listen, here's to all of the people out there who may be young. And they're getting started in their career. Never take advice from a loser. Never. The only person you should ever take advice from is someone who has achieved what you you desire, what you long to achieve. You don't ask a divorced drunk how to stay married and raise a family. You don't do it. You don't ask a Democrat how to make a city safer. Mayors just spoke. Did we learn of anything that they were able to accomplish? Maria, the two would not discuss into specifics about everything that they discussed, but we should point out that this is... They discussed how to get more money out of the now Democrat pimp who was a very successful whore in Joe Biden. That's what they met about. Because they cannot exist on people moving into their cities. No, 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 no. They can't exist on businesses thriving in their cities. They can only exist on welfare handouts from the federal government. 312. 642-5600. You know, it's funny. One of my consultants, when I, because you never know how it sounds, right? So I always ask people I trust, only people I respect. You know, what do you think of the show? And one of my consultants is a former Democrat, and it's the former Democrat I alluded to earlier in the show. And um, he loves that I point out the legacy corruption of not just democrats which is easy to do i mean after all we're from chicago right everybody walked around with that lure of being in the chicago democrat mafia you got a guy i got a guy i got a guy he's got a guy and everybody's got a guy you like that a little bit you wanted to be proud of your moron cousin who couldn't go to thanksgiving without a cork on his fork because he'd poke his freaking eye out now instead he's uh managing the sewer department the water department or some other gravy train municipal job i don't like that but is that as detrimental to somebody who is owned by foreign adversaries i say no no in fact i say that's treason so at the level joe biden diapers the buffoon meandering around the white house at the level of corruption this low life is that deserves biden family inc crime family because that's what that is And I remember always thinking that of Joe Biden, not just because he's referred to in gangster books 
and union crime organization stories when he was just a mere senator from the most corrupt state, a state that exists because of tax evasion. It's great. Delaware, where everybody puts their their LLC and they don't pay taxes and Joe Biden gets a piece of everything. One building, hundreds of thousands of LLCs. Joe Biden liked being a mafia member. But when he was vice president, there was a reason he was picked by a Chicago mafia Democrat, Barack Obama. There was a reason. That's because he had it down on how not to get caught. And he also had it down on how to advertise how corrupt he was. So that's why when his crack-smoking son was caught well before the election, you saw how corrupt our own media was as they ran a blackout operation so you couldn't get wind of it. And they came on day after day after day when questioned about it because the evidence was there to see. Because the crack-smoking scum forgot that he had a laptop somewhere. He forgot about it, never went to pick it up, the scum that he is in some stupor with some hooker. The evidence was clear, and they continued to run cover. These are now investigating whether recently published emails that purport to detail the business dealings of Joe Biden's son are tied to an ongoing Russian disinformation effort. Recently published emails that purport to detail the business dealings of Joe Biden's son are actually part of an ongoing Russian disinformation campaign. Hunter Biden, this laptop uh, that intelligence mm-hmm. officials have warned are, is likely Russian disinformation. It's broadly CNN. known and widely known, Peter, MSPC. that there was a broad range of Russian Speaker disinformation of back in 2020. Do okay. you still think that the stories from the fall about your son Hunter were Russian disinformation <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. God love you, man. You, you're a one-horse pony. He means one you. trick pony. Thank you. Stupid. Thank you. I promise you my Justice Department will be totally on its own making its judgments about how they should proceed. Thank you. Yeah, his Justice Department that is headed up by Chicago Mafia member Merrick Garland, who created a Gestapo wing to investigate parents who want to push back against not only teaching their kids and sexualizing preschoolers, but teaching the kids racism. So they'll be investigated. But Hunter Biden, not so much. And by the way, those clips, MSNBC, CNN, ABC, and a litany of others, all the way up to Pippi Lystocking. And even today, when the New York Times validates the fact that, yes, that is Hunter Biden's computer, and yes, there are tens of thousands of emails that lead back to not just Russia, not just China, but Ukraine. Yes, the very Ukraine now that's headed up by Margaret Thatcher and Winston Churchill, only this time he's got the Nazis and all the rest of it. I remember what Joe Biden did to protect the crime family when the crack-smoking son sat on the board of a natural gas company, among others, that they said was Burisma, but really owned by Igor Kolomoisky, who owns this president actor who's worth $600 million. I remembered the open and notorious corruption that Joe Biden admitted to. Convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev. And, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would yeah, take whatever. action against the state prosecutor. And they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." 
They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours. I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Bingo. Open and notorious corruption. So now we're going to still ask Pippi Lystocking. We're still going to ask her. Instead of doing what needs to be done, impeach the compromised, pay-to-play, bought and owned political whore who now acts as a pimp. Or you can just ask the same same questions and get the same lies. Um, on Russia, uh, you told me last year that you were unfamiliar with the Senate report that alleged that the first son or a company linked to the first son received three point five million dollars from the richest woman in Russia. Uh, subsequent reporting indicates that President Biden, when he was vice president, had a dinner in Georgetown with the same woman in 2015. Um, Yelena uh, uh, Ballerina, she has not been sanctioned yet by the U.S. government. How is President Biden navigating conflicts of interest when it comes to uh, sanctioning people who have done business with his family? And can you explain to us what this $3.5 million was for? I don't have any confirmation of the accuracy of that report, so I have no more further details. The conflicts of interest, though, how he's navigating Navigating those when deciding sanctions. What would be his conflicts of interest? Uh, well, what would be his conflicts of interest? Well, <laughs> let me explain it to you, you fake redhead. What would be his conflicts of interest are that the Moscow mayor's wife bribed Hunter Biden with $3.5 million that we know about. There are emails that allude to jewelry and other benefits. We also know that the Ukrainian oligarch, through a company, bribed him in perpetuity what would have been had it not been caught as a board member in the same way Amtrak did since he was 21 years old. We further know that the Bank of China also bribed the crack-smoking first son. The conflict of interest when it comes to China is last year the first son's attorney said that he divested from a Chinese investment fund controlled by Chinese state-owned entities. Uh, we have received not even basic transparency about who bought out his stake when this happened and how much money changed hands. Did he actually divest? And if so, can you agree He's to basic He's a private citizen. He doesn't work for the government. I'd point you to his representatives. Thank you. And the million dollars that he borrowed to pay the IRS when he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar in his numerous LLCs back in Delaware seems to have come from another foreign enemy of America. There's not an honest thing this Biden family has done for half a century. And yet there he sits, destroying my country, and you want me to believe it's incompetence? Oh, no, 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 no. I say it's espionage. I say it's sabotage. I say he's a traitor. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. You know, I think the problem is, obviously, as you hear Democrats, and when you interact with them, you realize they're too stupid to understand who Benedict Arnold was. He claimed to be an American, too. Oh, he was fighting for us. He was our guy. He was on our team. I believe he was even a general. Yep. Now we got a president. Benedict Arnold. Although Benedict Arnold, this is before they had the pens. He went to the bathroom of his own will, unlike now. Tim on the north side. Hey, Sean. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. So my, my question for you is, I mean, we hear now the latest news is the Saudis are likely going to start accepting Chinese currency for their oil. Yep. Like, 
we've been helping them out all this time. We sell them weapons, hundreds of millions of dollars, given the latest and greatest. I mean, when are we going to stand up to them and stop playing these double standards about dictatorships? When they, and we've been fighting their proxy war in Yemen. We've been bombing Yemen under Obama. And yeah, Biden exactly. And so what, what, when are we going to do something about this? Well, we, have to, what, we are doing it. I'm doing it, and you're doing it. Right now, we're talking to more people than you realize right now, and they're going to talk about it. They're going to research it. They're going to find out about it, and that's how you do it, because everybody who comes from these totalitarian, censor-heavy, government, gangster government countries understands that it starts small. That's that parallel society that so many Soviets, so many Ukrainians, so many Cubans all operate in. And that's unfortunately how we are going to have to be. That's why I do this. And I don't I try not to allow Democrats to infiltrate it because this is I've identified the problem. And the problem is the American Marxist mafia calling themselves Democrats. Then we're going to clean 80% of the Republicans up like Mitch McConnell, who are just as bad, owned by the very same scandals, the very same skullduggery, with marrying the Chinese movie star compared to his weak-chinned old lady face that he is. It's obvious what that marriage is about. That's as obvious as a third wife in Beverly Hills. Tim, stay strong. Come down to Florida where you can live free. Are you kidding me? We don't have much time. All right, Ethan and Racine, you got about 40 seconds, kid. Howdy, Sean. Hi, Ethan. Uh, I love your show, and I listen to it all the time. I'm sure you get that a lot, but, you know, you sell cigars, right? Yes, I do occasionally. Well, what's up with this? The best cigars, and they, I can't get them. I, well, they're illegal. You know, you, I had you can a get little them. bit I of one. You can get them, babe. You can get the best cigars, ironically, through capitalism from communist countries. All right, we'll be back with the rest of you after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's... Sean Thompson, and this is the Sean Thompson Show. One of the things that we couldn't fit in my teaser was that I am a dropout from Columbia College Chicago because I've always had an affection for the movie business, and I particularly love documentaries. That's why I'm very excited about my next guest. Robert Riggs has a new docuseries premiering tonight on Fox Nation called Freed to Kill. Robert Riggs well well documented success he's a peabody award-winning investigative reporter entrepreneur three alfred dupont awards columbia university journalism award for investigative reporting i cannot wait to watch it and i want to thank you for joining me robert thank you so much sean i just want to start by saying i've got a copy of the declaration of independence but i'd love to have one of your cigars (laughs) we can always work that out believe me that's one of the things i would love to talk to you about your history of investigative reporting and everything you found out. And as I'm reading about this docuseries, it is astonishing to me that this was allowed to happen, at least it would be before this year, when we have so many prosecutors working to let out violent criminals. Can you tell the people what you found? Well, the shocking thing is we have forgotten the lessons of history in this case. In this case, we turned loose on the Texas public very quietly. This was hidden. A 
sadistic sexual sadistic killer who had been on death row for killing three teenagers randomly selected. And then when in 1972, the Supreme Court struck down the death penalty, all of these inmates across the country were uh, sentences reduced to life and they were eligible for parole. But who would think that would happen? Well, I found out in Texas, and this is 30 years ago, 85 former death row inmates had been turned loose. You know, in killing a, including one who had captured five sheriff's deputies and executed them, and they were out. The person we ended up focusing on was Kenneth McDuff, and he was out. So let me guess. He, um, he got out, and he opened a franchise uh, Dairy Queen, and he sold ice cream to kids, and it was a wonderful story. <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> He took a job at a convenience store, but only to size up the women he was going to. Man, oh, man. So how many did, but, and, and, did he go and on? By the and, way, go ahead. By the way, we taxpayers paid for him to go to trade school. He never show, showed up for class. They mixed a serial, a guy that had been a serial killer in with teenagers in a dorm. You can imagine what happened there. Oh, my God. And, uh, and, and that was, our, you know, our tax dollars. He, uh, when he got out, his his um, parole officer was afraid of him. He was afraid of him. And he even wrote a, a memo to the file that said he had an explosive temper. It was, he was going to blow up. So what was the carnage that this scumbag created after he was let out? We know we, we, it's north of 24, two dozen. We will never know because... He buried his victims in these remote areas of Texas, out in forests and in riverbeds. And, you know, we, you know, it'll take a hunter someday or a farmer tilling the land or something. They'll, you know, they'll go. Uh, but, you know, he used to drive around. And he, he was a typical serial killer. He drove hundreds of miles every night. And he would comment to his running buddies. He'd look over. You know, when we saw a pretty green forest, he saw a great place to bury a victim. And he'd say, he'd always be saying, hey, this looks like a good place to bury a, bury a woman. You know, I'm wondering, uh, I see your, your history. You've covered so many different things. When you see the modern day prosecutor, particularly, I, I, you know, I'm going to, you know, we're from Chicago. I, this is a Chicago radio show. We, yeah, we God bless living, you. Well, we are living through an experience right now where we have a Cook County yeah. prosecutor who works tirelessly to let out criminals. And the carnage that goes on, you cannot quantify when you let out these just these gangbangers who are carjackers and drug dealers and, you know, they shoot in the crowds. We, we, we can't quantify it. But when you see this happening throughout the nation, somebody who's had your history of covering these horrific crimes, I mean, uh, your TV show, or you're the host of, of True Crime Reporter. Are you podcast, astonished, yes. your podcast, are you astonished that in the year 2021, it feels to me like we are so going backwards to an ignorant society, to, to a naive society that is really the government, instead of using law to protect innocent people, is using contorted law to weaponize and strengthen predators among the prey. It just seems insane to me. You know, suddenly all the concern is for the defendant. Not for the the woman that was raped, not for the carjacking, not for the person that was you know ambushed and shot to death. And this is going on in Texas. It's going on in Austin. Hey, listen, downtown Austin is a dangerous place. They gutted the police department. 
they indicted a group of officers for uh, the, uh, the well, I want to say riots, the demonstrations that were going on because, uh, you know, they were there were bricks being thrown at them and they shot back with beanbags. Uh, in Houston, it's really, really bad in Houston. It's bad in Dallas. And you typically find it's liberal Democratic judges. I mean, that's just that's just the fact, and that's who's doing it. And we have got, oh God, there's over 150 capital murder defendants out on bond in Houston, Texas. Now, if you're a capital murder defendant, there are only two choices for a jury. Well, a jury, if they, if they find you guilty, it's life without parole or the lethal injection, and they're out. And then they'll say to me, well, you know, they've got electronic monitors. You know how many stories I've come across where these guys have taken the monitor off? But here's the other thing. No one's monitoring them. No, there's no one around to even go get them. They so gutted the police and everything. Uh, and we've just forgotten the lessons of Kenneth Allen McDuff. We turned a killing machine loose on the public, along with many others. And what we, what we learned in Texas right after that, because we built so many prisons, is you have to keep the career violent offenders, the gun offenders, the rapists, the violent offenders, you have to keep them behind bars. You're, you can't rehabilitate them. I mean, it's... <laughs> uh, when a guy has murdered three teenagers randomly, and, and by the way, raped the female victim with a bur- jagged broomstick, that's why he was called a broomstick killer. Uh. So how, how are you going to rehab that person? Well, there's also a statistic. Uh, pedophilia has a recidivism rate that is astronomical. It's nearly 100%. And we have uh, in these Democrats, and I'm sorry, uh, Robert, that's, that's just what I, I reject it because I live it. In the Democrat-run hellholes around, around America, they are releasing, they have all the virtue of government, all the protection of government. I have a story that I was going to cover about a, a, a carjacker who was a, a known shooter who was on the ankle bracelet you spoke of, they simply laugh at this. And the recidivism rate among just carjackers is, is in the 50 to 70 percentile range, let alone pedophiles. And, I, you know, this story, the most astonishing thing about your story, it's from the 80s. And here we are, 40 years later, doing the exact same thing, expecting a different outcome. And I'm wondering, do you think, now, Texas is a different animal. Than, than Illinois. At least now you have adults in charge. Are you seeing a change in policy now in Texas? No. Uh, right. you know, who, who would imagine this? You know, everybody thinks Texas is law and order. Well, not in the urban areas. It's not. It's law and disorder. Um, well, you have I'm, the common denominator. That, yeah. And in some of these urban areas, these are dangerous places. Downtown Austin, Texas, you talk to the police and the homicide detectives, they're overwhelmed. And, hey, everybody picking they're picking up is out on bond. You know, the, the really offensive thing is how many of these, you know, they're in for a gun crime, they've got a record, they're in for violent crime, they've got a record, and they let them out on uh, personal recognizance bonds here. And what that means is, hey, judge, yeah, I'll, I'll come back. No, no money, no bond put down. Yeah, I promise I'll come back. Oh, really? So I'm wondering, have you know, you're an investigative reporter. I know you, to a certain extent, are kind of a stat guy. You have to be if you're looking into things. 
Oh, yeah. What's the correlation of these areas that are run by Democrat politicians? Well, in Texas, that's it. In Texas, that is it. (laughs) So the most Uh, dangerous areas, like Chicago, are Democrat-ruled. Yeah, uh, it's... That's the, that's the situation here. However, it, you know, it's interesting. In Houston, the district attorney is a Democrat, and she she's railing against the liberal Democrat judges uh, because she sees the carnage taking place. She even recruited people on her staff to go run against them. So there are, you know, there are Democrats and conservatives doing the, the right thing, but a lot of this is the judges. There have been a, a wave of judges come in that they're on the side of the defendant. They think it's poor, poor you, poor, poor defendant. Now, we need bond reform. We have needed that. But, folks, you've got to use some common sense. Mm-hmm. You've got to look at what have they been arrested for? What is their record? Or, you know, What's the risk to public safety? None of that is being done. And the other thing is, is that uh, everybody believes, the police believe, this is a problem that's far worse than we know, because nobody really keeps records and statistics. The, um, there's a group down in, uh, in Houston that are really all over it, uh, you know, in other places. But Kenneth Allen McDuff, and we started this story on our podcast, uh, True Crime Reporter. I do it now with a former federal prosecutor who started the manhunt for McDuff. Now, so get a load of this. Um, a convenience store clerk disappears in the middle of the night. McDuff's car, his murder vehicle, is found just a few blocks away, abandoned. And the prosecutor and two U.S. Marshals, Parnell and Mike McNamara, they knew his history. They went, you know, you don't have to be a genius to figure out you got Jack the Ripper on the loose. There's a car. Do you know that no one, everybody was like, well, we don't really have probable cause. We really can't go look for him. And, and Johnson was like, are you kidding me? He went out and dug and dug, and he got a uh, uh, a drug charge. He found out McDuff had been buying LSD, and he got him on one tablet. He opened an investigation, and he and these two marshals, I mean, they're the hero. I don't know how many women would have died if it had not been for those two. So, you know, we, we, That's we a took wonderful true story. crime. Yeah, we took true. Oh, listen, let me tell you something. When I first came out with this podcast, um, a lot of people were excited. Oh, we wanted as a podcast and stuff. And then defund the police started, and it was like you—they you, didn't say it outright, but you knew what they were—they were saying. Well, you know, we don't want to really do anything positive about the police because this story is about a group of investigators from different agencies that go above and beyond the call of duty, and and do not give up. And they go to the very end, and they actually get him in prison, trick him in one case into revealing where a body of a woman is. And, you know, they were getting overtime. They were doing, but, boy, did they do good police work. And it, we've gone through a pretty You know, they want to hear it. want to hear it. They, 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 everybody started painting a broad stroke. All cops are bad. Yeah. You know, are there, are, are, are there surgeons that come? Commit malpractice and kill people on the in the operating. Yeah, so it's the percentages. But yeah. uh, so it, this drops tonight. Uh, it's up. Fuck. It's there. Oh, it's there you right now. Right so I'm gonna. Right I can now, end the show and go kill. watch this. All right, this Fox is very exciting. Hey, so let me. Uh, I want to give a shout out. Sure. 
Um, a lot of people, oh, they got squeamish over this as it was going around because of what I'm talking about. Uh, there was a company out of New York, Big Media TV, who's heard the podcast. One of the presidents of it heard the podcast, and he, and by the sixth episode, it was 17 episodes. He called me. He said, "I'm all in. This we got it. We have to do this." And they sold it to Fox Nation, and Fox Nation was like, "We're doing this. We don't care what the attitudes are and all of this because we're working on it." You know, people are like very anti-police. Sure. Uh, so, for the for your audience. If you want to see a terrific team of investigators, and then if you will also want to see the toll that these killers take on the families of the victims, oh, yeah. they, they're scarred and broken for life. You will see it on camera. We've got around to them. And then I want you to, as you watch it and you see what this man did, I want you to ask yourself, how could, how could anybody turn this guy loose, and there were a lot of people turned him loose, even while he's out on parole again. He gets put back in, and there's corruption and stuff, and they let him back out. Now, the interesting thing about Kenneth McDuff is the, he is the only man in Texas history to receive three death sentences. Uh, after they caught him the second time around, they put two on him, two different cases. They wanted an insurance policy. They wanted to make sure he never got out, but Please Once tell me I they exposed, killed this son of a gun. Oh, he's gone. Good. 1998. But Good. you know what? He went with that same attitude of control. Yeah. At, in, in the death chamber, you're, they're allowed to you know, tell the warden, say a, few, a little piece. And he looks at the warden and said, Warden, I'm ready to be released. Release me. <laughs> and I thought, you know, good grief. You know, he's, he's trying to be in you know, the whole control deal. There, but... I, working on this case, I, I had help from Roy Hazelwood, the original FBI profilers. Roy's, unfortunately, has passed. But he looked at me, and I was trying to understand all this. What is this guy? And he said, Robert, you got hold of the great white shark of serial killers. Wow. They're the rarest, and they're the most dangerous. Robert, I cannot wait to watch it tonight. I want to thank you very much for coming on and for explaining it. And I want to also tell you, you know, it's, it's like selling real estate, right? When you get done with one, you got to do another one. When you run out of material, just point to a Democrat-run area, and you're going to find a lot of it. Chicago, for example, we're going to have probably 43 shootings tonight. So always take a look at the Democrat areas, because I've identified the problem, and they hide under incompetence. But the reality is they prove themselves time in and time out again to be co-conspirators, and in most cases, just downright evil. So I want to thank you, you very much. Do you remember all the Dallas officers that were murdered here, executed 15, at that right? march? Yeah. So, uh, same thing. Same thing. It's, uh, so, it's kind of been a mom thing here. But I'll tell you one of the things I found out. There was a group of officers that had an uneasy feeling that night. And they asked the command, that could, could we get our uh, ballistic vest out and wear them? And they were told, eh, we're concerned about the optics. Well, do you know what happened? That group of officers were the first murdered, shot oh. in the back. Because, yeah. And their best, they're in, they're in the trunk. Tragedy. Well, Robert, keep up the yeah. good work. I really, I cannot wait for your next one. Please come on when you do oh, have an we're going to be, well, so we do True Crime Reporter. We do, a, we have an episode every week. We have Homicide Detectives on. 
Uh, we have a whole wide range of stuff. Do you take phone calls? We, uh, we're planning on doing it eventually. We, you know, right now, it's it's to tape. But, uh, you know, I've got a pro- this prosecutor with me, so you're going to get it from the investigative reporter. You're going to get it from the prosecutor. And, uh, you know, I, frankly, a lot of the true crime podcasts, I'm really bothered by them. They're giggly. Uh, I feel like the hosts are ripping off authors and uh, investigative reporters and reporters' work. Yeah. Uh, we like to say we take you inside the crime scene tape where no other podcaster dares to go. Well, I am, going to tune, I am going to tune in. I'm looking forward to it. And by the way, take calls, because the reason I got this job is because I used to call radio shows. And I want to call in. I want to talk to the detective. Those were my favorite shows. I was hoping I'd have a kid that would become one. Um, so I'm, I'm looking very forward to tuning in. And where can the people find it? We are on all of the podcast platforms, True Crime Reporter. We have a website, truecrimereporter.com. We have a newsletter, and we're going to be start offering extra stuff. Sign up for it. Uh, you'll get bonus material. Uh, but you're going to hear from some of the smartest and best investigators in the country. Uh, we're right. doing a new segment called Texas Ranger Files. Oh, I and love it. it. And so we are inside the Texas Rangers. They've never allowed anyone to come in. Uh, we've done stuff with them over the years. They loved uh, the segment, and we're actually working on a television show to take you into what, what do the Texas Rangers do? What is that mystique? All right, I love this. Old, now, listen, if yeah. there's ever a case where you need, like, a victim to lay there in a, in a, in a, in a position, you know, where they do, do the tape around the body, mm-hmm. and you want a guy from Chicago, you call me. I'm dying to get in one of those things. Can you get me in? <laughs> okay, I'm putting you down on the list now. <laughs> Robert Riggs, creator of True Crime Reporter, thank you so much for joining me. I truly appreciate it. Oh, hey, thank you, and thank you for the, Sean, for the good work you do. Love it. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Let's all go to the live. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. All right, so you're my family. I'm going to let you in on what's going on here behind the scenes. You know, Pippi Lystocking during the news says Joe Biden and G.J. Ping we're on a video conference call for two hours. And I say, sure, he was. Joe Biden doesn't know that. He thinks he was watching a Charlie Chan film festival. Bunny and Squirrel Hands have no idea who the greatest TV detective, aside from Columbo, is. Charlie Chan was the greatest detective in the movies ever. You do, you never, neither one of you saw a Charlie Chan movie. No, white, white Panama suit, number one son. The reason I said it is because, you know, Joe Biden's got problems with number two, son. You know, the crack and the bribery scandal. You didn't get any of that, huh? It was an excellent joke wasted on two juveniles who have no idea who Charlie Chan is. So for my movie, here we go. You see, everything ties together. For my movie, I am going to go with 1938. Yes, indeed, 1938. Uh, Charlie Chan Reno. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. Dead Man Tell, 1941, also fantastic. How do you not know who Charlie Chan is? Man, oh, man, very disappointing. Doesn't matter if you were around in the 30s. He's a classic, classic. You know who Orson Welles is, don't you? Ah, you guys are idiots. Sharon and Elmhurst. (laughs) Hi, Sharon. Hello. Hi, Hi. how you doing? Good, how are you? Love your show. Listen to it as often as I can. I'll be quick. 
I just want to say I was born in the 40s, as was my husband, and I get so disgusted with how many Americans don't understand what's been going on because the clues have been there since I was a little girl in grade school in the 50s, things I would read, and I'd say, that can't happen. We're in America. This is this. All the way up to the 90s where Clinton let China into the WTO, and there was an essay summary I read that was written by two Chinese colonels who talked about unrestricted warfare and the five steps they could take to conquer their enemies without going into a, a military war. Economic, legal, internet, biological, and chemical warfare. Absolutely. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and exactly. And I share this with all my friends and family. And about half of them get it. And, and uh, you know, the, the others are like, oh, that are, oh, yeah, right, right, right. You're, you know, but I'll tell you, I really, I have faith, always the optimist. Uh, you know, I told, I wrote, a, I wrote something two years ago before the 2020 election, and I shared it, and a number of friends understood it. But some are like, oh, no, my friend, one of my Sharon, friends. Sharon, I down agree with you, first. but we got to do the Friday feature, so I'm going to ask okay. you this. I'm going to bring it. Okay. No, no, well, let me, on, let, what, what, what's your favorite now? Sure. Charlie Chan, Philip Marlowe. Sherlock Holmes, Johnny Dollar, or Richard Drummond? Who's your favorite detective? Well, I love, I love Charlie Chan and Sherlock Holmes. Love it, Sharon, Charlie but, Chan. But I love you, and keep the faith, because I have friends that are first-generation immigrants from Cuba, from my, my husband, born in the war. They all get it, and they're going to help us get through this. Love it, Sharon. Those are also the best Americans. Nick Kenosha. Hey, Sean, how are you? Good, buddy. What do you got? Uh, so the movie is going to be Snatch, the Guy Ritchie film. Oh, I'm well aware. Just, you know, follow up with a documentary or someone will say you're a sexist. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Andre. Andre. About, Love it. Uh, Andre the Giant. Sure. Oh, that was a good one, Nick. Love it. Fred Orland Park. Failsafe. That stars Henry Fonda, Walter Matthau, and Larry Hagman, United States launches an accidental nuclear attack upon Russia as a fail-safe system. <laughs> Buddy, Fred, excellent, excellent call. Great pull. Love it. Yeah, I like it. It ties right into current events. Kevin, Austin, Texas. So for a documentary, I think you should watch Hunter Biden's uh, laptop videos because it documents his debauchery. <laughs> Then, and, listen, and I've, I've been to on that. to this for 16 months. When it first came out, I thought to myself, even a Democrat right. has to be repulsed. Right. But, no, I underestimated the ability of a Democrat right. moron. Go ahead. And related, and related to that in a tangential way would be Footloose Agree with, uh, with Kevin Bacon just because of its title. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, goodbye. Thank you very much, Jerry Chicago. Hi, Sean. I just wanted to expand on your love of the Charlie Chan movies. Weren't there two guys that played Charlie Chan? Yes, there were. They were both white. They were both white actors. They couldn't even get an Oriental guy I to play Charlie I, Chan. No, I think the second one may have been. The first one was okay, and uh, yeah. and Charlie and those movies were the first ones to have a Rochester type character, the That's chauffeur. Correct. That's correct. That's yeah. right. I, I I was born but, in the '60s, and I remember watching those movies. But the number one son. Was actually, I'm telling you, it was what? fantastic acting. It was absolutely oh, fantastic, and those they are were they were good. Movies. Yeah, yeah, family classics would show them on Sundays, Sunday exactly. afternoons. Exactly, that's yeah. my man, that a boy, Sean. Yeah, I see you. All right, thank you, Jerry. See, it's nice to be old. 
Jer- uh, Steve and Gurney. Man, I just love you. Uh, I'm not I'm not homosexual, but I love you. I appreciate um, that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. Go right ahead. I'd be driving up Bentley <laughs> exactly. if I was. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I, TV series. You haven't mentioned this, but I don't know any particular. Kojak was the one. He was a detective of the paranormal. And also Columbo, the detective. I well, love all, those TV series. I'm Italian. All right. So Columbo was mandatory watching. Everybody loved Columbo. Absolutely. I had the an Uncle TJ. I used to wear a jacket just like that. I had an Uncle TJ look like him. He'd walk around with a trench coat on, and he was wicked smart. <laughs> and those are some of the best series, honestly, that you can watch. Watch an old Columbo this weekend, and tell me you're not engrossed. Thank you very much, Stephen Gurney. I appreciate it very much. Dave in Racine, Wisconsin. Greetings, Sean. Uh, movies, since you're talking about old detective movies, yes. how about Murder by Death, a parody of those movies? With uh, um, It was with uh, Truman Capote, uh, Alec Guinness, uh, Columbo, the guy who played Columbo was, uh, a, was uh, a Dashiell Hammett-type detective. They had a parody of the uh, Hercule Poirot character James Coco played. Yes, those are all very good. And, you know, I feel bad because um, as you're talking, I'm remembering, didn't William Hurt die this week? We should have yes, done. William Hurt was in such great, great movies. But I don't know if you saw, Dave, did you see Goliath season one on Amazon? I, I don't have the, uh, you know. Uh, Come on, Dave. Uh, you, I, I'll give you my login. Just get on Amazon. You will love Goliath. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to hang up on you. Barrett, Joliet. Good day, sir. Love the show. Thank you, Barrett. Uh, calling about a movie called Talk Radio, written, directed, and starred uh, Eric Bogosian. And it's about a guy that calls in over and over to a radio station and gets his own show. Come on. You know, I never heard really? of it. Is it, is it really a, a movie? Yeah, it's called Talk Radio. It was a stage play. Um, it was released in 1989 i believe really what happened to the guy was yeah. he, i mean you know was he did he go on to great stardom he did go on to fantastic stardom <laughs> uh right, much good. like yourself oh yeah wonderful wonderful thank you very much i did not know this movie i'm gonna watch that movie and then i forgot to get a documentary but that's because i went long barrett call back give me a documentary but if you didn't call yet 312-642-5600 movie documentary but remember, we're going to end it with my guy Meatloaf after this. AM560, the answer. The Pink Panther. I love Peter Sellers. He did one of my favorite cigarette commercials ever, ever done. If you smoke, smoke, Murdzietsnitz. are not merely the finest, the coolest, and the best cigarettes in Russia. They are the only cigarettes in Russia. Yeah, you can't beat Peter Sellers. But William Hurt, broadcast news. You know, I mean, the guy died five days ago. How about a little respect, Squirrel Hands? Thank God we had William Hurt. Uh, Tim, Southside. Hey, what's going on, Sean? Love the show. Hey, uh, I got a great movie. Nobody knows it's out. It's a documentary of Joe Biden. It's with Steve Martin called The Jerk. (laughs) Always a classic. Always makes me smile. He hates these cans. Uh, Rudy, Alcorn, Wisconsin. 
Hey, Sean, uh, I am legend Will Smith. Now, you tell me the creatures that come out at night don't look exactly like Joe Biden. The Democrats who can Or Nancy Pelosi without makeup. I like where your mind is going. And I'll tell you another thing, Rudy. It is quietly one of my favorites. If it's on, I have to watch it. I love that movie. Thank you very much. You got a documentary? You know, you turned me on to uh, Planet of the Humans. It gave me all the answers I can't find on uh, online about what a disaster making this greenhouse battery crap takes. You know what I'm saying? It's I mean, absolutely. You got to melt down. It's absolutely metal just to make. And I'm going to tell you another you know, one, Rudy. We got a bad connection. I'm going to tell you another one if you're still listening. And I'm telling you right now, Ukraine on fire. I got a clip I wanted to play. I don't have time. Damn it. We got to talk to Larry Elder. Anthony McHenry. Uh, Sean, I love you. And uh, you. like a man, love another man. Listen, I love it. Good, it's man love. Good fellas, the best movie documentary combo that was ever made. It is. What was the documentary? Oh, it, it was a documentary. I like where you're going with that. It is a fantastic movie. It really, really is. And Henry Hill, you know, I'll tell you, what a life. What a life. If he only would have been a senator from New York, he'd be ruling the world. And he would have got a pension. Only real difference between the good fellas. How much time we got, kid? Less than a minute? I wanted to play Alex Rubenstein. Let's play a little bit of it. So for any of you who are wondering what is going on, all right, we were part of the Georgian National Legion in the 102nd Ukrainian Territorial Defense, okay? Uh-huh. Our base got f***ed up. The base right next to us got f***ed up. Americans, British, tons of British dead, all right? They're not saying nothing. They're counting our dead as their dead. Alex Rubenstein, Google him. Look at him. He was actually there. I mean, I know we're going to get inundated with propaganda this weekend, but don't worry, because we're Americans. We'll bounce back. We're just going to be through the Biden feudalism. We will overcome the corrupt Biden mafia. Democrats, have a good weekend. I'll see you Monday.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.